Uh, I just wanted to start this episode before we really get into it by apologizing to our listeners. We made a funny boo-boo last week and forgot to do something. Um, and to go funny boo-boo. I have been having nightmares about it ever since. Nightmares. We we didn't take two moments last week at the end of the episode. I think we were caught up. We were a little frightened, maybe. Uh, a little caught off guard by the events that we saw that we just overlooked this. But I want to take a moment for Josie Packard. And another moment for Thomas Eckert. Dave, Tyler, any words for these characters? No. Goodbye and good riddance. The show's about to get better after this episode. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, it is. <laughs> now that we got that out of our system, we can uh, get moving now. Let's hit it. Hi, Sheriff. Miss Packard. What is shenanigans? God, you're beautiful. Look at me. I'm Catherine's maid. I'm no good for you. Harry. Josie, you can tell me anything. How much does it take me? Josie. Josie. Josie, what's wrong? Something horrible is going to happen. Nothing is going to happen to you, not now, not ever, not while I'm around. Josie, I love you. I knew this day was going to come. Hey, Put it down! That was a way better collected works of their time together than this haphazard montage they threw together for the beginning of this episode. Oh my god. Oh. Boy, why did we even take a moment? We didn't need to. That was that was a moment. That was that was everything. I think what hit me the most was Harry saying that he's like, you know, I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. Not now, not ever. And look, you did. <laughs> you let it happen. He did. God. Oh, Tyler, thank you for that. I was not yes, anticipating that. I don't know how much time you spent on that, but not long. Wow, what a what a retrospective. <laughs> I'm gonna need some more of that more often. That was that hit me. Uh, I need to I need to wind down after that. Yeah, just a second, guys. Uh, hey, can I? Can I get my? Sorry, I, I have a. There was a guy wandering in the woods outside my house, mm. and I, I, I just kind of wrangled him in, made him my manservant. Mm. I mean, uh-huh. he's got the, he's got the constitution of a of a preschooler, but he's he's good enough. Uh, slippers. Thanks. That's perfect. That's great. Pipe. Can I have my pipe? There's no pipe. I don't own a pipe. Okay, that's as far as I'm gonna have to go with that then. All right. <laughs> perfect. Okay. Good. I'm ready. Ah. Uh, Welcome back to Talking Backwards. I'm Dave Jackson, joined by Patrick Mayhem. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins. 
Hello. Oh, so Tyler gets a pipe. <laughs> if you couldn't hear, he had the pipe in his mouth. He has a pipe. Man, well, we're gonna we're gonna pipe up about season two, episode seventeen, wounds and scars. Yeah, yeah. but not only is it episode seven, 17, it is season two, episode twenty four, twenty fifth overall. But we know it is episode seventeen. And that's it. <laughs> Man, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna dig deep into the wounds and scars to. To pull out some things to talk about here. Oh yes, we are. I are we? James Foley was the director on this. Uh, it's the only episode he directed of Twin Peaks, but you might know him for directing such films as Glengarry Glen Ross. Is he re- related to Mick Foley, the wrestler? Yes. Is he related to Matt Foley, the motivational speaker? Is he related to John Foley, this guy I know? It's important to note that this episode aired six weeks after the last episode aired. There was a long gap. What? Yeah, ABC was, was shuffling. Was there some kind of pandemic? No, ABC was just shuffling. They they were losing interest uh, in Twin Peaks and reshuffling the show around. It's hey, we still they this out every forced week. them. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they did this to themselves. There was, a, there was a long gap in between when the last episode aired and this episode aired. So in the previously on segment at the beginning of the show, it was pretty lengthy. And it had um, Lachlan narrating as Coop uh, to Diane to recap everything that's happened over the last... Uh, Who? Uh, Diane. Who the hell is Diane? You know her. We already don't have time... <laughs> we all, we're already running out of time. We are we are already running out of time. But it's 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 funny. I'll try to put some of the video up on our um on our Instagram stories this week. He it's funny just him, hearing him catch everyone up to speed on like Nadine Hurley, thirty five years old, persists in the belief that she's a high school girl. <laughs> Word has it Bobby Briggs is shacked up with Shelly, the waitress, <laughs> like stuff like that. Just like really really Ta-da! recapping us. I mean, Have you heard about this uh, Shelly Johnson? I mean, he eventually does get to uh, everything that happened at the end of the last episode. I, I think it's it's interesting to point out that he says that he's certain that uh, Josie Packard, or he's not certain, but he says Josie Packard died possibly from fear and goes on to mention that he, he wonders if there's a connection between Wyndham Earl, Bob, the midget. So it's actually, it's a very interesting watch, just hearing him detail these events to Diane. I would consider it canon. <laughs> I think I think it's fun to note that he's aware of the events of of Ben Horn uh, um, becoming an environmentalist and enlisting the help of John Justice Wheeler to help him save pine weasels. <laughs> when he's clearly has like he's not involved in this storyline at all in the show, <laughs> but I'm but I'm happy that he's aware of it and letting Diane know of these events. Um, Coop's got the scoop. Yeah, so Coop, this. This conversation to Diane in in my head is canon. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. So yeah, we have this uh this slideshow of memories that are pretty much every time Truman either was kissing Josie or being overly aggressive with his affection towards Josie. And that's all he cares to remember as as he spins this glass that is so elegantly lighting the table. So with uh, Truman very torn up about Josie's death, 
and just kind of reflecting on his time with her, getting blasted on Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hawk brings him breakfast. It's one of Norma's. And it's not an animal, but it's still hilarious to try. It is hilarious. <laughs> God bless that Norma. <laughs> yeah, I actually lost a lot of uh, respect for Truman this episode. He didn't even eat and touch Norma's food. And Norma, mm-hmm. you know, cooked it up for him. Norma's such a sweet lady. Come on. Come she on, works guys. hard. Come on, man. Uh, that's not the only wasted food in this episode either. It's that the infuriates me. the only thing that's wasted in this episode. Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Harry does get absolutely schwasty-faced. Schwasty-faced. Truman cracks up about breakfast, doesn't eat it, and then it's time to head back to where that breakfast came from, the old Double R Diner. Mm -hmm. Back to the Double Mm -hmm. R. Meanwhile. Where we meet uh, Heather Graham Annie. Heather Graham Annie. Yeah. Heather Grammy. I'm under this belief that as characters die off, we have to start jamming more in. Yeah. Because there's got to be a quota. <laughs> Twin Twin Peaks reincarnation. Yeah, but what is the quota? Like 50 Eight. characters. Um, what's the population? <laughs> of the large small town? Yes. Like 51,000. That's the quota. <laughs> we'll just say 51. Okay. 51 is the quota. Yeah, Heather, uh, Heather Graham, welcome to Twin Peaks. Welcome to Twin Peaks, Annie. Uh, she is... Norma's sister, she's back from her time as a nun and has yes. forgotten how to use money. Yes. Which, it takes me a day to forget how to use money. Sure. But she's used to using bingo chips as currency. <laughs> what a nun. Nuns in their bingo. <laughs> Classic nunnery. Seems like they both dislike their mother. Mm-hmm. Empty wince. Teresa? Oh. Empty wince. Empty who? Yeah, we get a, a little interaction between... Uh, Garland Briggs and Shelley here that I don't understand. She's, it seems like she's writing down a, an order on a check. Well, I actually got excited right away in the scene when you see Annie walk by because I saw Major Briggs already sitting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you at did. The diner. Yeah. I did not. Yeah, yeah. I, I pointed out. I was like, did you see who was sitting there? <laughs> Rewind. But when I when I re- <clears throat> rewound it, um, I saw his hat on the mm. on the coat rack. Yeah. Before I saw him. But yeah, the interaction is strange considering that he is the father of Bobby Briggs and mm-hmm. Bobby's with Shelly. Um, obviously, I, I guess we can assume that he wouldn't know that since they've been secretive up until fairly recently. I mean, they mm-hmm. might still be yeah. secretive. They just told Coop and Truman <laughs> uh, about them. Yeah, it's just uh, Briggs and Shelly sitting at the counter and he just goes, compelling. <laughs> and she doesn't like it. But uh, yeah, so as uh, Garland Briggs is sitting here, the log lady enters and she does. seems to immediately spot the triangle mark behind his ear. It's great to see the log lady. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. Uh, I, I personally got very excited to see her come back and uh, see what that interaction was going to be like. Absolutely. Unfortunately, right here, it is very brief. Then a uh, cut to the next scene. That's right. Interpol. We're back at the police station. And apparently at the time of Josie's death, she weighed 65 pounds. Yeah, what's that? That's weird. How is that possible? <laughs> also, how much did she weigh before she died? Well, she kept in fine neck, so it wasn't much. 75? Did she lose 10 pounds of excrement when her body <laughs> void its bowels 
<laughs> after she died. Well, I mean, Coop says he thinks what he saw had something to do with that. So I think Bob mm-hmm. had something to do with that. Definitely. This is Hawk relaying this information as well, correct? It is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Hawk gets a lot of screen time this episode. I, I welcome it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a new sheriff in town. Well, he said, <laughs> yeah, what so did that, he say? He was the, he said Coop's the, the senior, top cop. senior law enforcement. That's right. I was like, wow, yeah, there's, he, moved, this, he moved up quick. Yeah, there's a short interaction where Cooper almost acts like he should be answering to Hawk. Yeah. As a deputy, but Hawk says, like, hey, we, we know what's going on here. Like, you know more than me. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to you. Yeah. I love what Hawk said uh, after he said, you know, that Coop said it might have something to do that he saw in the room when she died. And mm-hmm. Hawk says, maybe we just, maybe we better just whistle on our way past the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Almost my line of the night. Yes. He also says, because uh, Hawk wants an update on Wyndham Earl, and um, he doesn't say the exact Andy quote. It's a cold trail. Yeah, trail stone he cold. says, trails stone cold. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to go to Wyndham Earl's cabin, and being a man of culture, he also has a <laughs> a wandering man-child bring him slippers and pipes. Yes. He ha- he has Leo bringing him his, his pipe and his slippers, or his, his slip and pipe, as he kind of ponders over Cooper's chess move in the paper for that day. Yes. He says, this is not a game, it's a trick. It is a trick. It's not a move, it's a trick. A trick is something a whore does for money. <laughs> Illusions, Michael. <laughs> now he's uh he knows that he's trying to get played into a stalemate. And he basically says a lot of people are going to regret this as he starts to play his giant flute. Maybe. I don't think his <laughs> mouth is actually on the piece that would be And his fingers aren't moving sound. right. Yes. He does playing. seem to be wearing a wedding ring though. He's married to chess. He grew up in chess. I'm married to the game, guys. <laughs> I grew up in chess. How Harold Smith uh, of you. I'm from Mil- Mil- I grew up in Milwaukee, actually. I grew up in chess. <laughs> oh, back to the Great Northern. Meanwhile, shot of the series. <laughs> It's a nice Hachi, machi, awi, wow, wow. I was on board for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Audrey is uh, training these girls how to walk. Oh, yeah. I don't think they took her advice, though. No, nobody did. No. I also don't think they participated. I don't either. It was just Andy and Lucy, wasn't it? Yeah, they were backstage when it shows Andy and Lucy walking backstage later in the episode, but we don't actually ever see them walk out on the catwalk. Yeah, this this one chick's wearing this gray like sweat suit. It's like a onesie yeah. jumper, but it's like made of sweatpants material. I'm the not smooth. gonna lie, I super want one. Get it one, looks man. Crazy comfortable. I'm gonna wear my robe over it. Uh, Jack's back. They talk over each other, both saying they're sorry. Mm-hmm. They're both sorry about something. So I guess we have a new James in the show because he wants her wants to take her on a picnic. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice day for a picnic, apparently. Yeah. It's not. It is not. What are you saying, Tyler? Uh, I thought you were the president of the Billy Zane fan club. 
No, I was the co-founder. You're Excuse a zaniac. Me, Come on. I am a zaniac, but this is not good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, this is not okay. <laughs> and this is one of, wrong! <laughs> this is one of several moments where I had to ask if there was even a script for this episode. I don't think there was. I don't think there was, especially when we get it's to the It's as unscripted later. as this podcast. Uh, there for sure yeah. was. It was written by Barry Pullman. Did he write Hatchet? <laughs> he wrote the outline for Hatchet and then just kind of <laughs> let the book do its own thing. So Audrey can't cook. They're going to go on a picnic. And then we get the grand return of Dick Tremaine and Tim Pinkle. What's a Pinkle? Now, Mr. Pinkle arrives with a stuffed cheese pig what's oh, supposed sorry. to be pine weasel but this is this is definitely a ferret they definitely have no idea what the pine weasel actually looks like yeah it's a it's close relative to the ferret but i guess you can't get your hands on an endangered species when filming these episodes because they couldn't even, well i guess not even a picture because every yeah. image of the pine weasel in this episode and last episode is a ferret and that's smart and sorry they- it is not the Pine Martin. And Dave, where where have we seen Tim Pinkle in this series before? I'm going to be honest. I forget. <laughs> so Was he the, the salesman with the uh, liftomatic? The, the Porto Patient. Porto Patient. Porto Patient. <laughs> yes, for Leo Johnson. Very interesting career. I'm not sure what he does. Medical equipment salesman. Yeah. Ferret, stuffed ferret. He's like a walking Walmart. Courier. His Instagram profile would just say public figure. <laughs> <laughs> I want mine to say that. The egg devil? Okay, so Truman, I guess, is not even at home. No. I'm guessing he's at the book house. He's at the book house. The book correct? house. Yeah. Which, and I don't know why. Yeah, why wouldn't he go home? We have seen his house once. I think he's I think he's uh under surveillance. And when I say his house, we've really house. only seen his bedroom. It was that night or or is it his house? Like is his bed Let's talk about this. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah, when Josie in. came into the house, she came in through the front door, but his bed's right there. Maybe it's a loft. Maybe he has humble surroundings, and that's okay. It is, well, maybe he spends half his time at the book house and half his time at the Truman household. Mm. And the other half at the station. The police station. Yeah. And now he has a whole other half freed up because Josie's dead. He's a man it's about four halves. town. <laughs> He's a man about town. <laughs> uh, he's, I, yeah, he's posted up at the book house, and uh, this time Coop's come to see him. He didn't bring him any breakfast because he knows he's not going to eat it. Yep. We, what we he see does that the breakfast him, is still sitting there. Yep. What he does bring yeah. him is Josie's extensive rap sheet. Man, she's a pro. Statute. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, two times. Statute. She's wanted for international crimes, national crimes. Man, both... International and national crimes? Yeah. That's like global crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cooper looks at Truman and says, look, I'm going to convince you that she was a horrible person. Maybe not today. Yeah, like, we I know. mean, what? This has been a day? Like, mm-hmm. give the guy a little more time. I guess. Yeah, well, Truman's not doing great. And this is maybe just not the prime he's opportunity. Really, he's really finding that cop voice, though. <laughs> yeah, he's really finding his inner yeller. <laughs> so that's good. He's not afraid to holler anymore. The hairy holler. <laughs> the old hairy holler. <laughs> <laughs> Scary Truman, am I right? 
<laughs> Martel Manor. 20 second challenge. The challenge has been right. set. <laughs> All right, are we, are we ready to go? Yes. Count me down. Three, two, one, go. At Martell Manor, this lady named Jones comes to see Kathy, who just welcomes her in because of, you know, country hospitality. Uh, comes to let her know that they're going to be uh, taking Eckhart back to uh, Japan. They're going to bury him next to Josie, and uh, she's going to give him give uh, Kathy a gift. Uh, Kathy's got a gift. It's a gun, and that's pretty much that exchange. 21 seconds. Ah! <sighs> Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got hung up on that. I, no, I think it was actually Hong Kong. Well, that's in Asia, where that man get, was killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where the <laughs> man Twin Peaks just rocked from the death of the station. <laughs> this is where we get the lady's name, and it's just Jones. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna start going by a single syllable, single name. Does eventually. she, Dave? Does she own a soda company? <laughs> Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> Yeah, she owns a soda company, and uh, they have a bubblegum flavor that I used to enjoy as a child. Bubble jug? Uh, Jones leaves Kathy a box and leaves, says they're going to take Eckhart back to Barry next to Josie because they meant so much to each other. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, then we go to the Hayward household where Wendell Merle is wearing his Pete disguise. Gerald Craig, you mean? <laughs> Gerald Craig, yes, wait, sir. Wait, wait, that was Wyndham? That was Wyndham Merle. I know you couldn't tell the, because you thought it was Pete. The master of disguise strikes again. The old pistachio disguisey here. How many suitcases <laughs> did he bring? Yeah, for real. There's, <laughs> and stored them in that cabin in the woods. How did he get them there? I feel like the cabin itself just teleports place to place Perfect. and has all his belongings. There you go. A traveling closet. Yeah. So he's talking to Donna and mentions that he or says that he is Gerald Craig. A, an, an old associate of her father's and makes it off offhand to remark just like now which daughter are you the only one but there are so many <laughs> members of the hayward family that just appear and disappear as the episode permits harriet gersten gersten what a waste of my time gersten gershwin just a waste of my time <laughs> <laughs> but donna is inviting uh, allows him to come in, offers him a pop. <laughs> yeah, this comes down to him just seeming to know an awful lot about Donna and uh, leaves her a gift, another gift, this episode, Yeah, to give to her father. So Wendy Merle has invaded the Hayward's domicile and has left a little something-something. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shouldn't Donna be in school, especially if her parents aren't there? Especially since he asked her if... She has to be there to watch the kids. She was in high kids. school. Right. What kids? The other sisters. Her two younger well, sisters. They're not infants. Well, this this episode takes place on a Tuesday. So. <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> Unless like she just got home from school when this took place. And her no, parents haven't come home didn't. yet. No. But I assume her mom's there all the time. Just wheeling around the house. So maybe she was upstairs. How? Magic. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, I was picturing like a floating wheelchair. It's, it's like I'll see you when the wind changes and let's talk about chess Pete. Yeah, chess champion. Like Pete Martell. 
Let's uh, let's glide over these several boards he's playing. Let's get a good look at a bottle of honey that's sitting on the table. Yeah. Very noteworthy honey bottle. It's crucial to chess. And it seems like he's uh, trying to train everybody else in the art of the game as well. Also, if you didn't know what they were playing, they did a little bit of product placement. Yeah, I feel like this has been set up and decorated as the chess room. Yeah. Like, the best they can do so far is just turn up some some board game covers. What's, like, all across the lobby? Oh, yeah, chess has become a big part of everybody's lives at the station. I wish they used this as, like, marketing footage for chess in the 90s. (laughs) Who's to say they didn't? Do you think there's a Twin Peaks-themed chess board? There should be. A row of little coops? A couple of bobs? That would be awesome. A couple of men from another places. Does anybody do any 3D modeling? Does anybody have a 3D printer? I have access to many. I am a 3D model. Dave, can we kill Patrick? We already tried that. <laughs> if any of these games ends up playing out in a stalemate, uh, there will still be loss. It's not yes. It's not possible five to do or it six. without losing Yeah, five or six pieces. Uh, Lucy's pretty good at chess. She checks Andy. But only because he doesn't know how the knight works. That's true. <laughs> it's optional. <laughs> you don't have to do the little hooky thing. It's optional. <laughs> Actually, it's a privilege. <laughs> no other piece can move like that. You have to do the hooky thing. See, so as they're trying to work out this chess match and Coop encourages Pete to do his best, uh, Briggs and Log Lady enter. Yes. Yeah. They've got you. some things to say. They do. Got something to say. This scene is awesome. Yeah, saving grace of this episode for me is this this scene in its entirety. All two minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's short but sweet. Yeah. There's another honey bottle. There is another honey bottle. And so they're contemplating Briggs's mark, and we found out that Log Lady also has a mark on the back of her leg. Twin Peaks. That looks very much like two peaks. What does that is mean? That- why the show is called Twin Peaks it has nothing to do with the town. Yeah, it's nothing all about all. her leg tattoo. It's all been building up to this. And in a way, yes, it has all been building up to this. <laughs> uh, because this is where we are. Yeah, she had a similar incident to Briggs, but it happened when she was seven years old. Mm. And she went missing for a whole day after walking in the woods. People just need to stay out of the woods. <laughs> they all have seen the light well, and heard the owls. Or cut all the trees down. Tyler, I don't know if you've heard, but the woods are wondrous here. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> You get blinded with the, By the light. men in black light, and then you get tattoos you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they've all seen the light, heard the owls, and they feel like there has to be a connection. And unfortunately, that's the scene. Yep. She also said, did we mention that she also said that she saw a flash of light um, before her husband died in the fire? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't say that, but she did say that. Spooky ooky. Spooky ooky. So uh, we're going to go to this picnic. Yeah, nice day for a picnic. And just like our old picnic lover, James Hurley, John Justice Wheeler is singing a song. He's a little songbird, isn't he? He's a bit of a singer. Tyler? What? (laughs) I started the fan club for Titanic and Phantom. (laughs) (laughs) That's it? Yes. No more, no less. What was the... The tagline was it smash evil <laughs> something like that. slam evil. phantom 
Slam evil. The ghost who walks, the man who cannot die. Slam evil. Slam evil. <laughs> that, that's a tactic nobody had tried against evil yet. It's true. You got a group of superheroes sitting around the table and it's like, uh, we've been fighting evil for years and it just never seems to stop. <laughs> Phantom raises his hand. What if we slam it? Yeah. You know what? That might work. You know what, Phantom? That's a good point. We haven't thought of yet. Yeah, it is. That's why that movie slams. Yeah. It's awesome. I remember watching The Phantom so many times as a kid, and I remember yeah. nothing about it. Oh. I remember yeah, The Skull Cave, The Skull Ring, Billy yeah. Zane. That's about it. I'm going to have to watch it this week. Is that the one where the villain's name is Xander Drax begins and ends with X, or is that Double Dragon? That is Xander Drax. Okay. This, this movie. Okay. Played by Treat Williams. Uh, well, we're going to stay at the picnic for just a minute. I know we got kind of derailed on the panel. Why? I am just fuming with jealous rage. Yes. I need to get out of this scene. Green with jealous rage? I, I, and I know, and we will. I just want to touch on a couple of points before we I leave I am green with jealous rage. Let's touch on it. I'm just going to touch on them real quick. Uh, uh, Jack is asking Audrey if there's another man in her life, and she says, there's not. There's no one. There's nobody. Uh, all I really took away from the rest of the scene was Audrey says there's nobody, and well, apparently she said there Jack... was somebody. No, she says there's nobody. Oh, I thought she said there was, but not anymore. Yeah, because and I thought she... that meant Cooper. Yeah, she lands on there's nobody. Oh, yeah, she says there was there was someone, but not anymore. There's nobody. And then he mentions that he can lasso just whatever, and that's that's kind of where I drew it. Yeah, apparently he packed a lasso. He's here singing cowboy mm. songs, wearing cowboy hats, and packing lassos. <clears throat> I'm guessing he's some sort of cowboy. Yeah. And uh, he he volunteers to lasso any type of animal that's around. Swoon. Weasels? He does say weasels. He does say weasels. He does. What a loser. He does say weasels. Let's head over to Lakeview Drive. Well, we're back at the Hayward house. Still no sign of Gersten, Gersten or... or Harriet. Okay, as Duck and Eileen Hayward come home... Donna gives them the gift that was left for him by his old friend, Gerald Craig. And he opens it up to find that it is a chess piece with a move on it. Uh, Knight to King's Bishop 3. And we also learn that Gerald Craig was his roommate in school who drowned in the Snake River. So it couldn't possibly be him. Also, the Yeah, he should have been a doc- better doctor. Also, the number that was left for them to contact him was the number 2A Cemetery. So, kind of a weird extra touch for Windermerle, but I get it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So, uh, from there, we're going to go to the Hurley household. We're getting down to brass tacks about Ed and Nadine's relationship and how it's going to have to culminate in divorce for it to be a real breakup. Yes. Jacoby is basically just telling Ed that there's no way to to get around this there's no tricks and until she has a the scarring around her wound heal that her mind will not be able to accept reality again but uh nadine is saying it's it's fine we both know what this is it's a breakup we're breaking up yeah she doesn't want any jealous rages out of ed well maybe just one (laughs) I can see her loving that just one time, him going off. Yeah. Oh, Eddie. So when Jacoby finally comes out and says that they have to get a divorce, she realizes she can't see out of her left eye. 
She can. She's gone blind I in her I think I've left gone eye. blind in my left eye. Had she not looked in a mirror or noticed that she can't see out of her left eye? Not until... That her depth perception is dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> not until literally just now at this moment. I mean, come on. This show is irresponsible. <laughs> uh, Patrick, what do you got to say about uh, Ed and Nadine's predicament here? I give up. the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, so we're going to breeze back to the Hayward household one more time, just really (laughs) quick. Ben Horn shows up to go four-wheeling. Yeah, what do you make of this, Tyler? I have no idea. I have no clue what this is about. I actually do love this because it's just, it's one of these little things that starts to bring up a ton of questions of just, why is mm-hmm. he here? What is he whispering? It is strange. Yeah. Eileen Hayward opens the door for someone who remains unseen for a while. Uh, turns out it's Ben Horn. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. crouches down next to her and whispers something. And that is the scene. So we're going to go to the Double R Diner again. Norma is bringing up the Miss Twin Peaks competition to Shelley. and a scholarship. Worth it. For after she finishes high school. (laughs) If that ever comes. A scholarship with stipulations. Shelly, get your GED. Yeah, instead of talking to spoons like a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah, she does a little mock interview with herself to see how she would answer some questions, and I actually love it. I think it's really great. I do. It is, (laughs) yeah. But I can't gloss over the burger that gets dropped Dude, off looked, to Biker Wyndham. When it, when she picked it up from the window, I was like, that looks delicious. I couldn't take my eyes off the burger. <laughs> so I noticed, I'm jumping ahead a second, but I noticed the bur- he leaves the burger there. when he Yep, he sure the does. Burger. Yeah. So what is, why is he here at this time? I can't imagine he would know that Cooper's showing up at this time. So I'm just trying to figure out what his, other than just maybe to see I Shelley. thought he was just visiting. Yeah, he was doing intel on Shelly. Because he... Yeah, he went to Donna's, and now he was checking in on Shelly. I guess that makes But sense. I guess he, he doesn't go to Audrey in this episode, does he? No. Nope. Dang. Well, he can't find oh. her. She's out in the woods having a picnic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> She's preoccupied. Yeah. With Billy. Yeah, he's trying to slam that evil. Uh, so Annie is going to be serving Coop. Uh, she clearly doesn't know how things operate around here. You got a lot of things to learn, she honey. She's, she's she's easing back in. So, do we know if she's worked here before? I think I don't think not. so. She doesn't know how money works. I just figured maybe she had worked there before, just because she's Norma's sister. Whether it was like a summer job or something. Well, anybody that comes into Norma's obvious. life ends up in some capacity working at the Double R. Whether they're just setting out plates in the back or becoming the or... short order cook. Buying tablecloths and candles. <laughs> Trying to get into an Italian bistro overnight. Yes. On a $40 budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe this is the first time that she's... I think there. so. 
<clears throat> but she doesn't know Dale how to... is immediately smitten. Oh yeah, he's a smitten kitten. She does Love not it. seem to really notice the caliber of gentlemen sitting in front of her. No. She's not used to men being interested in her. Well, yeah. Through her days in the convent. Right, she's been in, in the nunnery. Cooper's still reading his Tibet book. Yes, he is. And uh, Biker Wyndham notices him from across the way. Yep. And just kind of stares him down. Not touching this achievement of burgerdom in front of him. I hope somebody got to eat that. The... The boom guy or <laughs> one of the grips. <laughs> you know. I wasn't thinking somebody deserved that. I wasn't burger. even thinking on set. I was thinking in universe. I'm like Toad is across <laughs> the way, just eyeballing that. <laughs> just waiting to ask no. if anybody's gonna eat it. I really wish Coop would have looked at him. Yeah. He almost did. But he just missed him. Yeah. He just missed him. Well he's him. too smitten. Like I wanted him to look at him, but I didn't want him to look at him and not recognize him. Right. Because there's no way. That he even in a disguise he wouldn't have recognized right. him. Yeah, so that was a that was a near miss for Wyndham Earl. So uh, as Annie is pouring Cooper his coffee, his deep black Joe, he notices a scar on her wrist. Yes. So there actually, as the episode is called "Wounds and Scars," there are actually several references to wounds and scars. There are. Was this one of them? This is. And this is wow. oh, no. this is one of the few episodes that the title has had anything to do with the content. This looks like a cut or a scrape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scrapes and bruises. Minor scrapes and bruises, major dollars and cents. But uh, to the matter at hand. Hawk walks in. For some hawk talk. <laughs> a little bit of hawk talk. Strutting that hawk walk. Spewing that hawk talk. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a problem at the book house. <laughs> there is a problem at the book house. Uh, yeah, Truman is doing great. He's broken every piece he's... of furniture that's not nailed down. <laughs> he, it's, he's uh, achieved 100% damage to the yeah. interior of the bookhouse. And he honestly doesn't know what to do. He's sitting on a throne of destruction. Lies. <laughs> throne of lies. <laughs> uh, he's got his gun, and he's just kind of lost it. He's all the way gone. He saw the deep end and jumped right in. Yeah. No floaties. You know what it's a damn fine time for? To put that gun down. Yeah. Yeah. Damn fine time to start. <laughs> yeah, Truman is violently drunk and upset. And it's up to Deputy Dale to talk him down. Well, can you blame can you blame him? I mean, he's never handed his gun over to anybody in his entire life. <laughs> and you know, I can blame him because he refused to recognize that Josie was maybe not the love of his life and maybe not who she said she was. Come on, guys. Truman has never crossed the ocean. <laughs> he never went to China. She came to him. Hawk says that he's never seen Truman like this before, and it's like taking a hike to your favorite spot and there being a hole where the lake used to be. Yeah. It's a good one. So it's a, it's Truman in a sad state, and we eventually get him to drop the gun as Cooper gives old boy a hug. Yeah, I loved when they say that. They... Cooper's like, yeah, he's a good man, and Hawk's like the best, and you just hear Truman go, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that actually made me laugh. It was yeah. Pretty funny. So yeah, we're going to go to the Great Northern where we meet the Hinkmans on Honeymoon. So Tyler, Tyler's line while we were watching this, he goes, oh, he's into it. <laughs> because all we've he heard or seen the last two episodes is just Nadine's word that, oh, her and Mike, when all we've seen of Mike before is just total disinterest. Right. So now all of a sudden, yeah. he's into it. <laughs> yeah, he seems to have really leaned into this new identity and uh, seems A-OK -okay with 
<laughs> trying to book a room at the hotel with Nadine. Yeah. Randy St. Croix checking him in. The artist formerly known as Randy Meyer. Randy the Meyer St. Croix. He gets recognized by one of his uh, high school compatriots. Or maybe a fellow colleague at the local <laughs> university. Could also be yes. that. So, uh, I like that Nadine is super jealous of this person who just says, hey, and ends up crushing the yeah. alert bell Yeah, with her eye patch strength. Yeah, she well, she's... Well, she's tired of waiting around. She wants to get upstairs. Man, we're at the Great Northern for a long, long time. Yeah, back to the Great Northern in the Timber Room. We're going to the Timber Room uh, where we're going to try and stop Ghostwood and save the Pine Weasel. Listeners, we will be selling Stop Ghostwood, Save the Pine Weasel t-shirts. $18 plus shipping. Let's go ahead and do, uh, let's go ahead and call it $25 because we're going to be using flat rate boxes. (laughs) $30. Per a shirt. million dollars. We'll throw in a sticker. Per shirt. For a good cause. This this scene is long, and there actually are some things to talk about. So, uh, as Ben Horn is giving his Stop the Ghostwood, Save the Pine Weasel speech, he mentions something about uh, ecology and how it's not just a science. It is about whether or not we're all going to make it. It's about survival. This is kind of the running theme this half of the season is who's going to make it to the end because there's a lot of threats on lives. Uh, we already lost a major player in Josie. We're, we're I already all... said that Randy, the Meyer St. Croix and <laughs> Louie were going to go the distance. Yeah. You did say that. So to, to wrap up the night, there's a fashion show for, <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, hosted by, as Ben Horn puts it, Richard Treeman. I loved that. Yeah, I loved it because it's Tree Man. I loved that. Uh, I don't know if anybody else caught this little detail, but when Lucy comes out and models her outfit, it's a lot of plaid, a lot of flannel, and a moonless night black skirt. Moonless. My ears perked up. That's right. (laughs) I chuckled to myself while taking notes on that one. That was really great. I also liked the... (laughs) Andy wearing fire engine red. Fire engine red turtle. Under neck. another mountain of plaid and flannel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I love <laughs> yep. He just walks It really looks stairs. like before he went out, somebody went up to him and said, Somebody in the audience is going to throw a ninja star at you. <laughs> and he goes out to the end of the runway and just sizes everybody up <laughs> until Dick goes That that's it, Andy. So after uh. this successful fashion show uh we have ben horn helping himself to yes. some milk and cookies oh no Which nobody is into by the way nobody cared it's a really half surprise anybody too. showed it's up just... to this i think it's just some stuff they found laying around and had everybody put everything on well what he what he started this idea yesterday yeah. <laughs> so they've had a day to prepare i mean yeah of course it's half-assed next time they need to whole ass it yeah Ben Horn got a glass of milk. Yeah, and some cookies. Yeah. Doing it right. Catherine showed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kathy. The milk must be great. We've seen Pete have milk at this exact spot. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that, too. With her. Yeah, this this particular yeah. bar's milk cash. must be mm-hmm. just yeah, top notch. Yeah, with her, you're right. Yeah, with Tojimura. Yeah. Interesting. Cash. Yeah, it's a double. <laughs> what do they talk about? Well, well yeah. She's just fun. like, what, who are you kidding, you know, with what you're doing here? And he just says it's 100% sincere. I actually really like um, 
one of Ben's lines here. Scrubbing his conscience. That's right. Scrubbing his conscience. I liked that line. Mm-hmm. Scrubbing a, the one of the filthiest of consciences. Consciences. Yeah, yeah I, I like his bold move of trying to get Catherine to just cut a check for the cause when it's her project that he's fighting against. Yeah, and she just laughs in his face like, eh. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 yep, and that's it. <laughs> oh, Kathy. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're going to pop back over to the runway across the way. And uh, yep. this is where we have Dick Tremaine invite Tim Pinkle onto the stage. Yeah. But uh, he comes in the wrong way, first of all. Yes. Loved it. He has a live example of the pine weasel, which is a ferret for sure, not a pine weasel. Yep. And the best tux. A great tux. I've ever seen. I like that Dick Tremaine's cummerbund is plaid. <laughs> yeah. But this this, is, this was definitely a scene where I, I asked out loud if there was a script for this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is so out of place. I just... In the words of Tyler, you don't I don't get, get it. it. <laughs> okay, let's I, try that again, but good this time. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to try and play a game called Kiss the Weasel. I don't want to yeah. play that game. Where Tim Peagle awkwardly holds this weasel up in what feels like an improvised scene to Dick Tremaine's face. Every, everything about this scene is so cartoony. And it's one of those things you feel like you've seen it a million times. Especially once you get to the point where the weasel the... bites him and gets away. And mm-hmm. you start seeing the floor shots mm-hmm. of the running yeah. and the weasel. I'm just like, oh it's my like, god. Yeah, I, I have seen this before and it didn't take as long and it felt better. <laughs> I got my first moment of joy in this episode after a, a good solid 30 minutes when the weasel did break loose. And as Audrey is coming up to the mic to say, everybody, please sit down and stay calm. This shrieking chick busts out from behind yeah. from that stage where the weasel is not right. Busts out into the danger to shove her down yeah. and just shrieking her head off, just screaming yeah, like just a screaming. banshee for the entirety of the scene after that. Let's uh, transition over to America's favorite Scientologist, Tom Cruise. <laughs> you didn't know Tom Cruise was a bookhouse boy? I did not. Yeah, he's on patrol that night. I don't know how I feel about it. Who is this that gets clubbed? <laughs> we don't know. I mean, we did. the last we heard was that they needed someone to watch Truman all night. And they got we Tom Cruise. Ever hear who? I guess everyone else was busy. Joey Paulson's at the Roadhouse watching Julie Cruise. Was it 9.30 yet? By now it's 9.30, yeah. There was a moment earlier where Hawk gave a little sign-off, and it wasn't quite the Bookhouse Boys. I think it was more like Joey Paulson's thing. It was, yeah. (laughs) Just a (laughs) A big party. There you go. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, this uh, unnamed red shirt gets clubbed from behind as uh, Harry's being watched over. And uh, this is Jones, Lady Jones, who... Apparently, it was there to knock him out and then strip. Uh, she gets down to a nighty, lets her hair down, and climbs into bed with Truman. And that's your finale for the episode. <laughs> that's where we call it a day there. So this is the episode where we we're off for six weeks, <laughs> and we expect to hook people back into watching the show. Mission impossible. <laughs> 
Tom Cruise. Some failure yes. to launch here. <laughs> That's Matthew McConaughey. Guys, this one's rough. <laughs> it is. So, Pat- Patrick, you and Tyler watched this one together. We did. We watched it uh, last night. Um, I truthfully, I so I I kind of glanced at a synopsis last week when we were done recording, and because I couldn't remember, I can never remember exactly what happens next. There's only a few episodes where I do remember, you know, some major plot points. But this one, I really didn't know. And I kind of glanced to the ending, and I was like, "Oh, that's how this one ends. Yep. This is not going to be great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're um, you're kind of talking to me about it after we recorded last. I was like, I'm interested to see what Tyler thinks of the next episode. And yeah, it was a short conversation because I honestly couldn't come up with anything really to talk about about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. It's I I, I still you know if I were writing the show, I don't know. When you have such gold in characters like the Log Lady and Garland Briggs, and you use them as little as you do, and then you have so much focus on, you know, the fashion show at the end. Yeah. It's just like, come on. But at the same time, it's a little thing that I like where, you know, less is more. I appreciate, you know, the fleeting moments that we get with these characters that I adore. So I take what I can get at this at this point. I mean, I know, I know what's coming, so I'm excited. But I'm sure Tyler's just like, "What? Where in the world is this show going <laughs> at this point?" Down the freaking toilet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I can honestly say that this one, I did not enjoy. Uh, a couple of neat moments, but nothing that really saved it as an episode for me. I. I know that this is kind of the end of the fatty episodes where there's not a lot happening next week. Tyler is going to be good. Yeah. The less, the last few weeks from just, uh, I, I guess maybe I, again, I'm misremembering, but maybe when the Jean Renault, uh, <laughs> storyline wrapped up, it just seems like in, you know, the, the window Merle introduction kind of fell a little flat. Um, Kind of along with everything else, we're still trying to just figure out what, where we're going. Who are we? So I do yeah, feel like, we going? yeah, the last, the last In two or life. three, you know, have have been rough. We're gonna keep going. Tyler, any thoughts on this episode? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh yeah, let's continue to uh, to the damn fine lines of the night. Tyler, why don't you go first? I will go first. Eventually, it's going to help you to know she was a hardened criminal. A killer. Get out of here. I know it's not easy right now. Just get out of here. Get out of here! Go! I love it. Drunk uh, Sheriff Truman is funny. It's also (laughs) bad. It's great. <laughs> this is supposed to be. Was he drunk when he busted into the hotel room? This is a put it down. Yeah, he took a shot before he went in. He was like, <laughs> "I can't do this." He needed a little without, liquid courage. Yeah, without having. Yeah, this this scene kind of fails in that it's supposed to be very tragic. He's supposed to be portraying this broken person who's experienced loss, and you're supposed to feel for him. And maybe I would if Josie wasn't who she was. Yeah. Even if even if he'd had a moment where he kind of admitted that maybe she wasn't 
this golden goose, then yeah. I could have felt for him a little more. But I, I just I have no sympathy for the character right now, and the scene fails for me. Yeah. But it is a great line. <laughs> it is great when he pops off. It's very yeah. entertaining. I'm glad we got two of them this episode. Yeah, we got several <laughs> shouting Truman it was, scenes. It was great. Scary Truman in full effect this episode. Uh, Dave. Yeah, so one of the moments where I chuckled to myself was uh, when Norma is telling Shelley she should be in the Miss Twin Peaks concert, and she practices a little monologue for the judges. Miss Double R Diner, what would you do to bring about world peace? Well... I would bring all the world leaders together, make them form a circle and join hands. Because you can't make a fist holding hands. You're a shoo-in. I have an order up. <laughs> That's good. Well. She is a shoo-in. <laughs> well, well, Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> um, My line, nothing to chuckle at, but also probably not super surprising, comes from... Uh, it's kind of a kind of a two for here, maybe more of the log lady, but it is uh, Major Briggs and the log lady after they talk about their markings. Markings. <laughs> the roadhouse. Bookhouse. And the bright flashes of light. We all three recall the light. And also the call of the owl. I actually <laughs> got a little worried. Dave, I thought you might do that. I know you liked the owls are not what they seem mm-hmm. uh, quote from the giant. So I kind of wondered if you were going to take that one. So, yeah, I, I do love that quote. And I, I like every reference that we get to the owls. I think for me, the, the line kind of got lost in everything else that was kind of not mattering around it. Sure. Like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this is definitely a, a big pile of dirt with some diamonds in it. And that was our damn fine lines of the night. So I almost rolled right into my my talking forehead rating there. And <laughs> you did. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's let's go to talking foreheads. I can't. I just can't. James. All right. I'll, I'll go first. Just one. yeah man i don't need to back it up you don't you said that last time (laughs) it's not your first one of the season it's not it's my first i respect it deserved one i respect it dave thank you how about you bud uh this is a pile of dirt with some diamonds in it it's two foreheads Oh, that's a lot. Is he going to do it? Two and a half. What? What? (laughs) Two and a half? (laughs) Yep. And a half. A one and a half? Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I finally did below three. He went below three. Yeah, this... I don't know what happened. The half the half was for Briggs and Logley. Just so we all know. (laughs) Okay. It would have been a way two. to go. I don't know what happened with this episode. I I know that it was a break in production and everybody got back together, but to make this, I don't even know that it was a break. <laughs> you had I, six weeks to put something together. These were already in the can. These were 
these were done, done, done. Like these had been shot. They just for some reason pushed the show back. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's not so. Better. This wasn't oh. even a matter. Yeah, this wasn't even a matter of oh, let's make the show better in the time off. I'm pretty sure. I if someone if someone's listening, you can correct me on Twitter, or Instagram, but I'm pretty sure that these shows were in the can and were just being held on because there was actually a group of people he had an acronym for Coop Citizens Opposed to the Offing of Peaks. <laughs> Coop. Nice. <laughs> nice yeah but it was like a group of twin peaks fans who kept writing into abc and (laughs) they were like otherwise i'm almost like positive if there wasn't such a strong fan following of the show that the this last half of episodes may have never even aired past what we had just seen like seeing josie and the doorknob might have been the last of twin peaks that ever aired on network television (laughs) can you imagine a world where that's the end of twin peaks it's the same world where the UK uh, uh, yeah. pilot like hell <laughs> exists. Yeah, here's an article. This article is from... Anybody got a nickel? Um, uh, yeah, the, the dedication of the fans, I think, is definitely a major player in keeping the show going. And I think you have to be dedicated and willing to push through to get through these last few episodes. Yeah. And there's, there is a reward coming. This article is great, too. This is from... <laughs> This is on the Orlando Sentinel website. It's from 1991. It says, fans stage a coop to save Twin Peaks. It says, like we said, it ain't over till the log lady sings. <laughs> but no, it says, ABC will air the six remaining episodes for the season uh, in the Thursday time slot. Opposite Cheers. Opposite Cheers. Um, it says, a decision on whether the show will be renewed for the fall isn't expected until early May. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. It does not get picked up. <laughs> Well, uh, it's interesting, too, because, yeah, we had this six-week gap, and then there was even um, a large gap between, uh, so there are 29 episodes, uh, 27 aired April 19th, and then the last two episodes didn't air till June 10th, so that's two months later. Wow. I feel for these fans <laughs> who were actually watching back then. Yeah. Um, that's week me. To week. <laughs> um, that is me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a hard pill to take after waiting for another taste. Uh, if you remember the coop, thank you. If you were out there protesting at ABC headquarters, uh, jamming the phone lines, you know, thank you for getting the rest of the show aired. It's much appreciated. But yeah, maybe maybe we could have had some had something else to come back to. <laughs> that wasn't this one. <laughs> I will say. I'm excited for next week. I don't know if I am. You should be. It's okay. I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> don't blame you at all. <laughs> I could see though where if you were, you know, you're you're watching this in a very unique way. Realistic. You're watching it in a very realistic manner. 1991 way where you're watching week to week and not binging. If you were binging, this episode could just fly right by. Right. With with no more no more thought given, but you're watching this in an interesting way where you're actually having to also talk about this in great detail. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And like I said before, I think this really is the correct way to experience the series, to get in and talk about every part of each episode. I understand that it's kind of a slog when you hit an episode like this that doesn't have a lot of great content, but it's got to be done. And now it is done. And we can call this a day on this episode. And that's great. Absolutely. Uh, next week's episode on the Wings of Love is going to be a lot more fun. 
I'm definitely excited about it. I'm excited to hear what Tyler has to say about it. There's anything that you feel like needs defending in this episode. If there's something that we missed, something that we miscredited, you can reach us and let us know at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at talking... Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) At talking backward. Tyler. Anchor.fm slash talking backwards is our home base, but you can find us on all your favorite podcatchers. I would like to give a special shout out to Stephen Hines and Jenny Ward, my two newest followers on Twitter. I am now yeah. over five. What's your Twitter handle, buddy? Uh, at the Egg Deviler. Oh, the Deviler himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, sir. Speak of the Deviler. The Egg Deviler. Play it, Angelo. Let's see, we have five more episodes of season two. Whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. That's crazy.